0: Welcome to Vinylize. I'm Mark Sykes. And I'm Paul McCormick. Mental health and addiction are top of mind this week. If you know someone who is struggling with addiction, this Vinylize session hopes to inspire you to find them help and support. If you find yourself slipping into bad habits, start the conversation with a friend or a family member. Ask for help. Know that the first program you go to may not be the correct fit for you. The mountain of overcoming addiction can seem like an impossible journey. Take it one step, one day at a time. Let's drop the needle on this week's album.
1: Finalize and send it to me. Realize the songs that set you free. This week we look at the second album from Amy Winehouse titled Back to Black. There was two big singles off this album that you might recognize immediately, which would be Rehab and Back to Black. Both of these songs have helped the sales of more than 16 million copies worldwide. Back to Black scooped up five Grammys in 2008, but you know what? Let's put the numbers aside for now. This is an awesome album, and it deserves a place in your collection, and at the very least, inside your phone. It's an album that stands out on its own, and it appeals to just about everyone. So please, I'm going to read you another advisory, and I want you to take this to heart. Please be advised that listening to this album may have the following side effects. A strong desire to relax in an armchair with your favorite drink. Heavy daydreaming about hanging out with Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack at a club. Smoking a cigar while playing snooker. Or listening to the album again and discovering more songs by Amy Winehouse. Mark, it was your album this week. Tell me why you chose this one. Jukebox,
0: jukebox 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 that's right <laughs> retro sound we hadn't been there for a while and then all of a sudden i get the Way- amy winehouse cd and it's retro sound every room in my house 1960s girls groups motown the influence is there the music has soul but there's something sinister going on the lyrics are amazing once you put this record on you have to hit repeat again and again and again. I wanted to vinylize this album with you, Paul, because it's such a fantastic album. It has a tragic story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's an important album for me. When my wife and I moved into our first place together, uh, this CD actually stayed in our CD player uh, for two years, and it would always go on when we were cleaning the condo. <laughs> And we would try to clean the condo in the 34 minutes and 56 seconds that the album ran. Insanity. So sometimes you were running around. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's a little bit of backstory there. But I just love this album.
1: I got, I got a question. Follow up questions, man. Because you had a CD player. Is this a one CD player or like
0: a six CD carousel kind of thing? So we actually treated ourselves to a surround sound system when we moved into our first place together. And all of my CDs, you know, 700 CDs were actually put in our storage uh, room, which was on a different floor. And we had an iPad and the only CD we actually had in the condo for a very long time was the Amy Winehouse CD because it was, uh, you know, it was purchased after we moved in. So it didn't have a spot in my record, my CD collection. (laughs) So when you hear this, do you feel like cleaning a little bit? Oh, yeah, I'm cleaning right now. (laughs)
1: Oh, man. I love listening to this this, uh, album because when I got uh, my turntable, this was one of the vinyl albums I definitely wanted to have in my collection. Um, It's kind of like what you mentioned earlier. It's got the soul. It's got the 1960s sound, but there is a different twist to it, you know? Um, It's the lyrics. and maybe some profanity that you hear in the album and you wouldn't have heard that back in the 60s no but the way this album was produced you definitely feel like you're putting on a piece of rich history from the 60s that that's still alive today
0: so uh we actually had the clean version of the cd which i didn't know we had and then this week i decided to listen to the non-clean version i was like whoa Whoa. are we gonna have some beats in this episode (laughs) oh <laughs> uh, maybe um so it's it's interesting you can uh you can listen to this album a bunch of different ways um and one is to have all the lyrics and some of them uh some ways is to have not all the lyrics it's it's totally up to you and who's in the room when you're listening to the album so you know this album is is huge for amy winehouse it kind of puts her on the international stage it um opens the door for a lot of uh female british artists you know essentially she starts a new category of music like new british soul almost uh thanks to amy winehouse would you consider adele part of that or not really i think adele came afterwards yeah i think adele and i'm trying to think of the other names but yeah adele is definitely one of them yes
1: because i gotta be honest i know she's inspired a ton of female solo artists but i don't know of anybody that even comes close to amy winehouse it's her own well, it's not her own sound, but she's reinvented the wheel, if you will, mm-hmm. right? She's brought something that was listened to for decades and brought it back into the twenty first, you know, back into the two thousands in a, in a fantastic
0: way. Yeah, and you know her and her producers should get a lot of credit for that too, you know, for bringing that sound back and you know that recording style. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Her two her
1: two producers on this, by the way. Their names are Mark Ronson mm-hmm. and Salam Remy. And they're gonna come up quite a bit, I think, in our vinyl eyes. And they
0: get pretty much an equal billing in terms of the songs that they work on on the standard press of the album. So okay, we, we have a lot of places we can go here. We can we can jump around a little bit. Um mm-hmm. so it's released in the UK, but it's released in the in the States, but it has two different covers. So uh the one in the UK has her sitting uh, in a, in a chair kind of leaning over, uh, the U S one, she's in a bath.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's the one I have. Okay. And, and so the tracks are a bit different. Um, the one with her sitting in the bath, it has 11 tracks and it ends on, you know, I'm no good, which is actually, it's on there twice. Oh. And and the last one, uh, you know, I'm no good features no other than the ghost face killer
0: oh oh crazy okay and then so the 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 version i was listening to was the uk release and it has 11 tracks but it ends with the song addicted which is kind of like a not a hidden song but it's like an extra track and then there's also like deluxe editions that came out with other songs there's uh after she passed away there was another Mm -hmm. um edition of the album that was released and then there was like a dvd release so you know, depending on yeah. which, which, where and when you bought this album, you're getting different tracks. That's right. Okay. That's right. Um, so I want to just talk about her name for a second because we always talk about bands. We're like, why do you think the band is called this? Well, of course, you know, the album is called Amy Winehouse because that's her name. <laughs> but I want to talk about, like, novel writers for a second. So a novel writer will actually you know, use a name to explain someone's character traits. It's kind of like playing the game Clue. When you play the game Clue, if you're Miss Scarlet, you're the red character. If you're Professor Plum, you're the purple character. If you're Colonel Mustard, you eat a lot of hot dogs. So, uh, you know, Amy Winehouse um, is an interesting name because in the end, she actually dies of an addiction Mm. uh, to alcohol, which is really sad. And, And I'm not bringing her name up to make a joke, actually. What I'm trying to say is that, you know... She got a lot of media around her, you know, her addiction, and a lot of fame came with it, but a lot of heartache and sadness, and in the end, inevitably, um, her passing, which is something really sad to think about, and that people were profiting from this.
1: Yeah, and it makes me wonder where that responsibility lies, right? Because you do have a lot of people with self-interest. You've got a boyfriend in there. You've got a company, um, the record label, promoters those people that are close to her. Like, at what point does somebody step in and try and help her? But I think you're right. A lot at the time, people are kind of riding the wave. And she comes out with this song called Rehab. And it really quips on what, what she's been through. Um, did anybody clue in at the time that maybe she needs more help? And I don't think at the time anybody really thought so. They thought, hey, we got a smash hit on our hands. Let's ride the wave. Everything's all good. And, and you know what? She'll be okay at the end
0: of the day. Right. It's like that Thomas the Tank Engine episode where all the trains crash and one of the faces is has Amy Winehouse's <laughs> face on it.
1: <laughs> it makes me also wonder, you know what, Mark, on a more serious note, right. like, what artists do we know today that are like that? Because we can reflect and look back and say, oh, we should have known better. But today, what artists do you look at and think, Hey, you know what? Maybe that's a warning sign there. Yeah.
0: So, food for thought. And, and we should really try to find um, help and support for anyone in our lives um, who mm-hmm. we feel who is slipping into, you know, um, an unhealthy relationship or mm-hmm. an addiction to alcohol or drugs, and, and find them the right help and support.
1: And maybe that's a good segue into her first song, um, her big smash hit called "Rehab." Uh, Mark Ronson, he's the producer, and he met Amy through. Um, their publishing company that they had together. When he met Amy Winehouse in New York, they were kind of walking through Soho. They're getting to know each other. And she tells him how she used to be in a bad spot, you know, with drugs, with alcohol, and that her family wanted her to go to rehab. And she's like, no, no, no. Well, he really liked the anecdote because at the time, she really seemed like she was in a good place. Um, I've heard him speak about this in interviews, and I believe he's being sincere, honest, and genuine. He felt it happen a long time ago, and when he meets somebody for the first time in a couple of days, she's telling him the stories, how she's in a better place. He believes her. Well, they went back to the studio, um, and within about 30 minutes, she had lyrics and, and music to this song. It was slower back then, but, uh, but um, her producer there, uh, Mark Ronson, he sped it up to kind of the way we hear it today.
0: Yeah, it's really catchy, it's upbeat, it's got that 60s vibe. Her vocals are amazing. Um love the how the horns build towards the the chorus, but like like we said before, it's it's haunting and it's mm-hmm. sadly ironic that she's joking around mm-hmm. about this. This is what makes her famous and this unfortunately is uh what makes her pass away. And you know, the label did suggest that she go and get rehab and, you know, her family and her friends said, "No, we think she's okay." It's too bad that she didn't get the help and support that uh, she needed. But this is the song that put her on the international map for sure.
1: It it was huge, buddy. Yeah, it reached number nine on the U.S. Billboard charts. It reached of Rolling Stones' best songs of 2007. It was number seven out of 100.
0: It's interesting. She talks about 70 days. So a regular uh, stay at rehab is 28 days. But if you have a major... issue with your addiction then 70 days is how many days you could be there so she's joking around that she actually knows that she doesn't have 70 days you know mm-hmm. so she's being a bit tongue-in-cheek with it um which is which is too bad um we, you know she mentions some artists in this song too she says uh you know i'd rather be at home with ray mm-hmm. uh, ray, charles. ray charles yeah yeah which is interesting and she talks about you know her her in and out uh, relationship with school which is which is interesting as well that you know maybe she wants to learn more from her musical mentors than you know textbooks um which is interesting i mean she's she's so talented musically right her her vocal range and just the way she phrases things is unbelievable
1: another name she mentioned in their mark was donnie hathaway right yeah right and i think he was a musician from the 60s i didn't really know him until i looked him up but huge influence um and soul R&B from the 60s, and he actually died tragically through suicide. Terrible. Um, He had a lot of mental health, though. In in the early 60s, they diagnosed him with paranoid schizophrenia. Um, He thought white people were coming to steal his songs and his music from inside his head.
0: The chorus of the song actually starts the song, which is an interesting way to lay out the song. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'll say it again and again. There are so many catchy choruses that stick in your head, uh, when you listen to this album, and of course the oh, yeah. "No, No, No" uh, is mm-hmm. right on up there. Um, the second song is "You Know I'm No Good," uh, and mm-hmm. it's also got a catchy chorus of the "I cheated myself." Um, so in this song, it's about being caught cheating, and it kind of you know is talking about her lifestyle of of heavy addiction and and you know being with a lot, lots of different partners. And But when she's talking about cheating herself, it's like she's cheating herself out of a healthy relationship because she's with somebody maybe in this song that would have been a healthy relationship, but she's deciding to cheat on this person.
1: What I do like about this song is that it really reinforces the vibe of the album because Rehab was such a smash hit. If you listen to that one, that's great. But what's coming on the rest of the album? And we've reviewed a few albums on Vinylize where it gets a bit eclectic and it's all over the place with... The sound of the band, you know, there might be a silly band, and then they have really serious, deep songs. Um, I feel that you know I'm no good kind of sets the tone for the rest of the album. It's um, another jazzy blues soul feeling song, and it tells me that Rehab isn't just a one-off. With a, you know, it's not a, a one-hit wonder. You're going to get a lot more of this type of music
0: she talks about roger moore in this song um and he was james bond yeah. and i feel like some of these songs could actually be like the title track to a james bond movie you know like 007 you know i'm no good and then this yeah. could be the song that opens up the the movie after like a really cool like fight scene or you know skiing adventure you know <laughs> um She talks about chips and pita, which is a food that you eat when you've been drinking. It kind of soaks up the alcohol so that you don't have um, a hangover the next day. Um, My parents make these sandwiches called uh, chip butties. (laughs) which are like you get the softest white bread, you get you know you put butter on both sides, you get your homemade chips, you throw some uh salt and ketchup on there, and hey uh, we we they're delicious I don't
1: recall that at your house man i, I, oh, I we we don't serve them to
0: anybody else except for the people <laughs> who live in the in the house yeah, no, you're not getting a chip buddy at our Damn house it. you you can hear about it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think this is an interesting song uh it gives her the power in. A relationship which she seems to not have in a lot of the other songs on this album Mm -hmm. because what happens previous to this album coming out is um, her boyfriend at the time uh, Blake actually breaks up with her to go back with um, his former girlfriend Mm -hmm. and her grandmother also passes away so she has a lot of turmoil happening in her life And the music that they were listening to when they were falling in love was this 1960s Motown, you know, jukebox music. Mm -hmm. And so she takes the broken relationship and the passing of a grandmother and she takes the music that she's been enjoying and she puts the two together as a muse to create this phenomenal sound.
1: The next song on the album is Me and Mr. Jones. And Mark, I got really excited. I thought maybe this is a collaboration with uh, Counting Crows or something
0: is it (laughs) for sure it is yeah totally it's it it's about a um an artist named nas yeah so they were friends they met through their producer um and this is just a song about you know their kind of relationship but the name is actually um a ripoff of a song by billy paul which is me and mrs jones Mm. So oh, there you go. Yeah, know and that. Th- the cool thing about Nas and Amy Winehouse is they actually share the same birthday. So in the song, it says "Mr. Destiny nine and 14, which is actually September fourteenth, which is their birthdays. How- how's that for vinylizing? Wow, good <laughs> vinylizing, dude! You get the
1: crown for that one for sure. All I picked up on this song was it's a beautiful song. It takes you back to the fifties or the sixties. You know, you hear the backing vocals. It's the simple bass line and that warm feeling yeah. of an oldie song, but it's got a twist.
0: There's a bit of swearing in it. And so this is when Alex is going to put in the bird sound or whatever. When I say, you know, this song was actually going to be called "Green." <laughs> That's what it was actually going to be called. Yeah, <laughs> it was going to be called and uh but everyone <laughs> else said no, it can't be that way. And Amy's like, I'm trying to be true with the way I'm feeling and, and I want to be honest. Why can't it be called that? And you know, you get the producer and the label saying it's not gonna be called that. So then it gets called me and Mr. Jones.
1: Well, they bleep that word out everywhere, and on the vinyl on the back it has all the lyrics for right. the songs. And they bleeped out the word fkery. <laughs> on the vinyl as well on the back they they put yeah. asterisks
0: well in, do you know on, what on i word. to be honest with you because i'd only ever heard the clean version of this album this week when i heard it i was at i was like what 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 did they just say like i had to go back i was like i don't even know what that word means <laughs> i don't even know what that word means um, anyway uh we'll stop bleeping in this uh podcast now um and move on to song number four which is just friends i love the horn in this song it's like this is mm-hmm. a soul song it's pulsing reggae with a ska yeah. groove and yeah it's just a great song but
1: it's it's in the pulses on the offbeat right yeah yeah that's what makes gives it that ska vibe mm-hmm. i loved
0: it yeah i i didn't realize how much i loved um songs like this but every time they come up on different albums that mm-hmm. we cover on vinyl i'm like yep i'm into this again like maybe we should do an uh a week on the, the specials or something like that. I think that might, or Mighty Mighty Boston's.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so this song is about, can you be friends with someone that you have had a relationship with? Can you stay friends or can you be friends? There's those moments of temptation that can be mm-hmm. too difficult. And maybe the answer is no. Maybe you just need distance.
1: That is debatable as long as the day is young. Okay. Whatever
0: the saying is. Let's move to song number... Ask around. Do do a poll at work, everybody. (laughs) Let's move to song number five, which is Back to Black, which is actually the name of the album. So we might get into why the album is called Back to Black while we cover this song here. So cool little story. So Ronson is one of the um, producers. And Mm -hmm. so they meet and they talk about what type of music she's into. He goes away and that night he comes up with the piano. For this song, mm-hmm. he comes back and he's added um, like a like a tambourine and a kick drum and some reverb, yeah. and she yeah. hears it. And literally, this is like music magic. This song is tied in a bow after like I'm gonna say 24 hours or less, uh, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And when you hear it, this is when I was talking about. There's something sinister on this album. This song is sinister. It's super catchy. I love the piano. Um, I just I love the retro drum sound too on this song
1: you're you're absolutely right i love the story behind it and it reminds me of other famous bands or songs you've heard that have been written in a very short amount of time and you think how could this be such a hit and it's written in such a short period of time and and i don't know i think that's the creativity the genius behind it mm-hmm. um, that's the allure to some of these songs is that something is that seems so complex and in deep was written in a matter of hours, you know?
0: Creatively, when your muse is speaking to you, that's all you need. And so, you know, the idea of this broken relationship was fueling so much of her art and everyone was on board to support that, that -hmm. that it just, it probably was just churning out of her. Um, It's interesting, the video is a funeral and I did speak to the fact that her grandmother had passed away. So I was wondering if that video has anything to do with her putting her grandmother to rest. Um, I do know it's about the relationship that she was having with Blake, but it's interesting mm-hmm. that the video doesn't really, like, touch on that. It's like, you know, it's a funeral for a person. Mm. But maybe she is talking about that he's dead to her, too, right? I, I didn't I didn't see the
1: music video, but I did watch a few covers um, by other artists. Mm-hmm. So Beyonce covers this song. Nice. It's got a much different sound to it. Um, right. It's still nice in its own right, but I like the Amy Winehouse version better. Right. There's a, a girl named Sophia Karlberg. She's got a ton of views on YouTube, so maybe she's bigger. I just don't know her. But Sophia Carlberg does a fantastic job of this song. And Miley Cyrus also covered this live. You know what? For me, it didn't come through as strong as Amy Winehouse. She did the song justice, but you know what? It just wasn't the same.
0: They've said on a few pages this week that Amy Winehouse is like the nirvana of you know, this type of music that she's creating and the doors that she opened because of the way that she performed and the way that she wrote her songs so, you know, truthful and raw and, you know, almost vulgar at times, just really sparked a flame that producers were like, we need to find more artists just like this and we need to get it out because more ears want to hear this stuff. Um, I do want to talk about the idea that she writes the song, she goes, I go back to but it's almost like she doesn't say it. She doesn't say it hmm. a bunch of times in the song. You know what she's going to say, but she doesn't say it. And then eventually she says black, and then she repeats it a bunch of times. Um, it, it's seven times, actually, kind of like in a bridge area, and there's like some effect put on her voice because she knows she's, she's finally gone back to black. So what do you think it means to go back to black, Paul? So why is the album called that? What is she trying to say in the song?
1: Um, I, I think given what we've learned about her, the addictions, um, the ups and the downs, the tumultuous relationship that she's had with Blake, mm-hmm. I think it's that vicious cycle of almost addiction with someone who's toxic and the drugs and the alcohol Right where, where you're, you're kind of relapsing. Maybe it's another word for a relapse back to black.
0: Mm, right. Yeah. So, you know, black can be depression. Right, so she's gone back to depression. She's gone back to her vices. Uh, you know, some people have said that when you go back to black, that means you go back to heroin, uh, which mm-hmm. was an interesting um, uh, idea that that I read about. The line afterwards says, "I died a hundred times." So the definition of 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 death or dying can be like a gradual ceasing to exist or function. So, you know, she goes back to black and she's ceasing to exist and function the way that she used to. That's what this relationship has done to her, you know? Um, And I love that she says, we only said goodbye with words, you know, we didn't give Mm -hmm. each other a hug. We didn't Mm -hmm. uh, kiss. We didn't do anything else. We just said goodbye, which maybe makes me believe that maybe she thinks that there's a possibility of them getting back together and they do get back together. Oh, for sure. We we only say goodbye with words, you know, we're going to meet again and we'll either say goodbye for real or we'll say hello again. Yeah. We need proper closure
1: here. Let's get back together and just see if it's there or not.
0: (laughs) And when they get back together, they, they go back to black. Really? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. All right. Song number six. (laughs)
1: Love is a losing game. Well, there Um, you go. (laughs) You know, yeah, she, she said that this album has always been inspired by what's going on in her life. She's right. not writing this from anybody else's point of view. Um, Love is a losing game. It's, you know, what's in the title is what it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's feeling like it's about heartbreak and how I think she was feeling about her boyfriend at the time. Um, it's another beautiful song, but these lyrics, it's powerful. And when, when you read the lyrics, it, it just gives the song a different meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's coming from her heart. And part of me, when I listen to music, Mark, is like, I, I just listen to the music. So if this was in on the background um, and I'm hanging out with somebody or friends. I'm not really paying attention to the lyrics. True. It's only really when I vinylize that I, I can hear and read every lyric right. and then you dissect it and it, it takes on a different meaning.
0: You're very true. Because really for me, when I don't know what the words are or even the song title um you know this is just like a a ballad like a sentimental ballad and it's yeah, got yeah, a yeah. musical sound to it it's like a lounge bar song or it's you it know it adds haunting, to the album right? doesn't it yeah oh, it's it's, totally it's
1: easy it's relaxing it's yeah. so easy to listen
0: to amy actually said that she really likes this song she really loves this song mm-hmm. yeah and that you know in theory the love that she's talking about is her muse like i said before so that it's a losing game instead i do like the the line that she talks about though i battled blind so if if you love someone, if your love is blind for someone, then you're loving them wholeheartedly. But when you mm-hmm. battle blind, that's dangerous, right? Yeah, uh, you never want to fight with a blindfold on. No, never.
1: Uh, no, not
0: not a good idea. Here, catch these ninja stars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, song number seven is Tears Dry on Their Own. If you didn't know it,
1: you think this is a song from the 1960s with those backup singers throughout... Uh the horns, the drums. It, it's a great song to kick off. Yeah. Um, the next side if you've never heard an Amy Winehouse before.
0: Oh, is this where the other side is?
1: No, but this is where I would put it, and I know we yeah. kind of get to that later, but you know, a little little side note. I, I like how it would be a good transition there. Okay,
0: okay. I, I love yeah. songs on this album where you hear like uh snapping of fingers or clapping yeah. of hands. So this is this is yeah. one of those songs. I think this is her best vocal performance on the album. Her phrasing Mm. is amazing, her attitude, her power. She has tons of range. You know, some people talk about recording vocals as being like a really arduous and hard process. And one of the things they talked about here is that she would come in at around noon, she'd record the vocals, and then just go home. And um, she was a perfectionist. But this song is just unbelievable in terms of, you know, how she articulates her words and gives it attitude mm-hmm. and I just love it. And do you know there's a sample on this song? No. So you I didn't know that. You know the song uh by Marvin Gaye. Um there's another artist who's named with the song, The Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Oh yeah. It's yeah. actually uh th- it's actually sampled in the song. It, it that's like a movie moment song, you know, like you know when the the team is about to like start training uh for the big football game Mm -hmm. they throw this Mm -hmm. song on right or like you know someone comes home you know from war and then you you know they come in the door and people start hugging you know
1: yeah very cheerful joyful song about love right um so where's it sampled though Throughout, yeah or right at the top okay
0: i'm gonna re-listen to that oh you gotta listen to that yeah and that's that that is a great catchy earworm right there so putting it in this song is is fantastic
1: the next song was Wake Up Alone. I love the tremolo making the guitar sound dreamy mm-hmm. and the piano working together with the guitar. It, it works so well. Then the drums and the bass kick in and it kind of rounds it out without being too obvious. And then you got the backup vocals throughout. Um, I just love the way this song was produced. And, you know, I it made me wonder, does she always have the same backup
0: vocal mm-hmm. singers? I, I don't know. Do you know that? Markers. I don't actually. I didn't get to vinylize yeah. any of that. I do know that there's, um, there's 49 musicians on this album. 49 wow. musicians. So I'm I'm sure she's doing her own backup vocals at times. You know, doing yeah. a re-record. But maybe yeah. there are other artists singing with her. There's got to be. There's so many moments yeah. in this album where the backup vocals. Probably. We haven't talked about it. I wish we did on other songs. There are tons mm-hmm. of songs on this album where I'm like, that's some great backup vocals. Did you yeah. know that Paul O'Duffy? um actually helped her write the song this is the only song that he gets credit for um helping her with and this was the very first song recorded for this album and they spent a month writing and recording but this is the only song from those uh those writing and recording sessions that makes it on this album
1: well who's paulo duffy i don't know who he it's is just
0: some guy that she was working with i i couldn't okay. find any more about him but yeah, if you want to look into it, Vinylized listeners, Paulo Duffy, he helped write this song. They wrote it together. Uh, huh. Other songs they worked on did not end up on this album, but it's interesting that this is the first one, and it ends up being on the album as well. Doesn't it make you wonder where those songs ended up? Well, I'm sure they're on... I think there's like a Hidden Treasures album or something like that, mm. Hidden... There is. What's it called? Yeah,
1: it's called lioness lioness Lioness. Yes. i believe some of those
0: songs uh are on there uh for sure sure, or their b-sides um i have to admit i've listened to this album thousands of times and i've never Mm -hmm. gotten tired of it but now that i'm focusing on what the songs are about at this point in the album i'm just kind of like can we change the subject matter for this album it's almost like you know when you hang out with that friend who just broke up with their girlfriend six months ago and you're like, you're still yep. talking about that. You go out yep. and you're like, okay, okay, we talked for forty minutes about yep. how lonely you are now, but you know, maybe we could talk about something else. Like, you know, you, you watching any sports or, yeah, you know, you, you got any new recipes? Uh, do you know what I'm talking about?
1: I do, man. I totally do. Um, and I, I, I think at this point, it kind of is what it is. Uh, enjoy the album still. You know, there's fantastic songs on here, and and although you know what the songs are about. For me, I'm not going to delve too too deep into the lyrics. I'm going to enjoy the music and in that vibe, that sound that you can't get anywhere else, it seems.
0: It's true. So that's why yeah, I agree. So I like the music. I want to listen to it, but when you start digging into the lyrics, it can get it can start to get a bit heavy. It's like, "Come on, bro, move on." Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh speaking of moving on, song number 9, uh some unholy uh war. The the bass starts the song, which is really nice. Yeah. And I, I think, is she writing this song
1: about or to the other girl? Ooh. Um, yeah, I, I, because her boyfriend at the time, Blake, was also with another girl. And just knowing that Amy Winehouse was writing about what was happening to her at the time, um, yeah, he was kind of flipping back and forth. Amy was well aware of it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I read into this song. Uh, it's time for the glossary. It's time to glossarize, glossarize
0: um, and learn a new word today. Yeah. Uh, Paul, do you know what a holy war is? Uh,
1: like a jihad?
0: Like a holy war. Do you know what a holy war is? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. It's a war uh, caused or justified uh, by differences in religious beliefs. So you're right. essentially fighting for God or you're fighting for your beliefs, right? So an yeah. unholy war. What would that be? Hmm. An unholy war might be fighting for something that is not holy, right? Like a drug addiction. Um, oh, infidelity or, or infidelity, right? So, and she talks about that she's going to stand behind her man in his unholy war. So it's almost like she's hmm. talking about that, you know, you know, he, she's going to stand behind him in his addiction, in his going to prison, in his hmm. infidelity. Hmm? Mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what i take from this song but i think when you hear this song you start to realize this relationship is so toxic can someone please help her it brings me back
1: to <laughs> what i brought up earlier the responsibility of others around her mm-hmm. right um whether it's family um the the music company promoters right. like where where are they in all of this
0: you know yeah hey did you ever do spit brothers growing up you know, no, do you know but what, I, do You know what Spit Brothers is?
1: I'm gonna guess. Okay, spit in your hand yeah. and shake on it. Yeah, yeah. You ever do that? No, okay. yeah,
0: I'll do it with you next time I see you, though. Okay, awesome. Sounds good. All right. When I was first reading about this song, I just all of a sudden just thought of Spit Brothers, and I was like, oh, Paul and I should do some Spit Brothers. <laughs> have you done Spit Brothers? I may have. That's got to be the worst feeling ever, right? When you put those Ugh. hands together. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number 10. Uh he can only hold her, which is how your album ends before there's a, uh, a no, repeat. No, there's track. one more.
1: No, there's one more song after this. Oh, okay. Um it's actually another repeat. It's you know I'm no good. Uh, but that's what I just um said. the second to last is this one. He can only hold her. It's got this fuzzy vinyl sound to it. A little bit more than the others. I think it's a great um it captures that vinyl sound if you're listening to it on any other platform other than a record player you know
0: yeah and the theme is here that you know a past lover can only uh fill her heart and soul you know Mm -hmm. you know you 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 can't no one can replace the way that she wants to love that person yeah to pacify her is is a quote uh from the song um i didn't Mm -hmm. realize how much i was gonna love the baritone saxophone the tenor saxophone and the trumpet until i hear all of the songs um that mark ronson is producing on this album yeah. with yeah. um that backing band called are they called the dap kings yes yeah the dap kings yeah so the dap kings tour with her and mm. uh they record songs one two five six eight and ten that's one two five six eight five, and six
1: ten. eight
0: and ten got it <laughs> and you start to realize <laughs> how much you love like those types of instruments and what they add to these songs
1: uh, the last song on on the album, the U.S. version, is "You Know I'm Not Good" on your vinyl, and, it, and on my vinyl, okay. and it features Ghostface Killer. Okay. Um, can I be honest with you? I've never heard this version, so tell me about it. Well, it opens up with him saying three words: "Oh, huh. yeah, huh, oh," and then you're waiting and waiting and waiting for the next part of him to to show up in the song, and he does a rap. Oh. Um. I didn't really like it. I didn't really think it it made the song any better.
0: Um, Was it like, you know, I'm no good. I need some food.
1: Oh, wait, food, <laughs> they don't rhyme. They look
0: like they rhyme, but they don't. You know what? Maybe <laughs> people that
1: like rap a lot will love it. Okay. Um, you know, it didn't do much for me. I find it interesting that she collaborates with a lot of rappers, though, right? You mentioned Nas, there's Ghostface Killa. She does, I think, a rehab single with Jay-Z. Mm-hmm so she's definitely um and i think that's through her producer um islam sorry
0: salam rami right
1: okay i I think he had a lot of connections with with those guys and that's how she kind of got hooked up with them
0: and then do you feel like the the song the album wraps up well with that song being on it on the u.s release um i don't because it kind of leaves me that feeling like what what?
1: Like, why was that necessary? Right. You know? You've been listening to a, a song that has that lounge vibe to it, um, an old soul sort of feeling, and
0: it ends on that. Right. I don't know. My digital version of the CD this week has a song called Addicted. Blyden, <laughs> which, which is about her um enjoying marijuana, but her roommate's boyfriend keeps smoking all of her green. And I kind of feel like if I was laying out this album, I would actually put this song as song number eight. And then that's where I would change the vibe of the album i would I would get the artist to say, "You know can, can we write songs about different themes, but keep the same musical content and i I think mm-hmm. that would be um interesting if if I was the producer on this album uh that's where I would go.
1: I would have put the break after love is a losing game oh. um yeah i I really liked how that song ends right that's the one um." I don't know, it's a very easy, listening, relaxing song. And then when you flip it over to Tears Dry on Their Own, it's got the same Amy Winehouse sort of punchy vibe right out of the gates. I I like that a lot.
0: Well, I'm going to put my Paul McCormick pants on right now, and I'm going to say that I want The Break to be after four. So you get four songs. Rehab, You Know I'm No Good, Mm -hmm. Me and Mr. Mm -hmm. Jones, and Just Friends. And then you Mm -hmm. get your B-side classic hit, Back to Black. Huh? But remember, my other formula
1: is you divide it right down the middle. So if you have 14 songs, it goes on track seven. Right. Anyways, um, I'm literally looking at my record right now. He's looking at the vinyl, everybody. He's showing me the vinyl. (laughs) It is uh, After Love is a Losing Game. And I promise you I didn't cheat. I didn't.
0: uh... Is that where you said it was going to be? Yeah. But wait, you've been listening to it on vinyl this week so you've been turning no. the vinyl over right <laughs> you lying son of a bitch all right okay. all right i want to move on from this uh scam right now actually i'm going to change my comment about the thomas and tank, <laughs> tank engine episode there's a train wreck but it's got your face on the engine buddy okay so
1: we've obviously established that and, and i think it's very well known that amy had uh, an addiction it killed her but I want to highlight good things. I want to highlight the charity work, uh, the foundations that she's opened up because a lot of people, it's easy to find the dirt and it's hard to find the good stuff. Okay. Um, And there is good stuff here. Yep, go. So she's once named the most charitable act by Pop World for all of her monetary donations. Mm -hmm. She's paid for a man's surgery in St. Lucia when she was there recording. Uh, That cost about 4,000 pounds back in 2010. Mm -hmm. She's donated 20,000 pounds uh, worth of clothing to a charity shop in London. She's raised awareness for breast cancer and climate change. Her foundation is launched uh, a year after her death, and it's to help prevent the effects of alcohol and drug misuse on young people. The aim of this charity is to support, inform, inspire vulnerable and disadvantaged youth and to help them to
0: reach their full potential. That is a fantastic list, you know. It is. And I wish we'd focus more on that stuff. Uh, when she was alive, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree with you, man.
0: Uh, I want to talk a little bit about just the producers. So Remy, is it Remy or Raimi? Remy. Remy. uh, So he actually helped uh, her with her first album, and then the second album just has a completely different feel. Um, But the recording session with him was really intimate. So she would do the vocals, and then he would play like one or two instruments. So he plays the upright bass, the drums, the piano, uh, the regular bass, mm. and the guitar on a bunch of different tracks on this album. And he worked with artists like the, like the Fugees, Estelle, um, mm. the guy who sings the Here Comes the Hot Stepper. Oh. Here comes the hot stepper. Word around I'm on the lyrical, lyrical gangster. Okay. Um, around... Excuse yeah. Me, so so I, I just really think it's interesting what he brings to it. And then... Um, when they go and mix the album back in london uh then they add other things to those songs but but the 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 structure and the bones are just created in this intimate setting she also meets mark ronson who i think uh is a musical genius she was expecting someone a lot older um he 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 just brings something to music he he almost like listens to the artist and is, is so talented that he's like, okay, this is what you're into. This is what, what's, what's you know, vibing with you right now. This is the song I'm going to help you create. Uh, did, you, did you know the song Uptown Funk? Oh, yeah. Bruno That's, Mars. No, it's not Bruno Mars. It's oh. actually Mark Ronson with Bruno Mars singing the vocals. Come on. I'm not even kidding you. I know. There's a vinylized for you. And uh, one of my favorite Amy Winehouse's songs, uh, is it Valerie? Valerie, yeah. Uh, is not actually an Amy Winehouse song. It actually is a Mark Ronson song. Uh, but then, you know, it was put on uh, a deluxe edition of the Back to Black CD. Yeah. It, but it actually wow. featured on something that he produced first. What's kind of cool about both of these producers is that they put
1: their... I, I think both of their egos were in check. Yes. They didn't need to put their egos aside, but they were both in check because both of these guys are very accomplished and they're mm-hmm. very successful at what they do Yeah, and working with a talent like Amy Winehouse, you know, it's, a, it's amazing that they didn't kind of try and outdo the other. Yes. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally.
1: So they, they worked well together.
0: It's amazing that the two of them, you know, flip flop on songs here, yet mm-hmm. the sound and the vibe of the album, you yeah. can't, it doesn't hiccup between those tracks that are done by one or yeah. the other. And, yeah. The the thing that I really liked about this album is the retro sounding drums. So I had to dig a little mm-hmm. bit deeper and in the recording process, they actually on the floor. So nowadays when we record, a lot of the times we record pieces separately because we're recording with, you know, new technology, but back in the day you'd be, you'd be recording it. You'd be recording the room and so the drums, the piano, the guitar, and the bass were all recorded in one room on some of these songs, which gives it that um, mm-hmm. retro sound. And on some of the songs, they're only using one mic to record the drums. Wow, that's pretty cool. Which if you've ever seen like you know an audiophile set up actual speakers on a drum kit, you're like, can you seriously mm-hmm. stop tinkering with all those microphones, please? No, That's right, just you're... get away from the drum kit for a second. Stop it. <laughs> Stop touching it. But I need that. one
1: but but one no, more. <laughs> you take your 90th just, I, microphone
0: and you shove no, it. It's right? the last
1: one, I promise.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what? An audio technician messing around with the with the microphones on a on a drum kit is free. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say it one more time. Okay. Uh should we get to the epic playlist? Should we get to the epic Let's... playlist? Let's do it. Okay, so it's my album this week. I picked it, but you better pick the right song, man. You, I'm gonna argue with you if you don't pick the right song this week. I, you know what?
1: Uh, No, I'm I'm picking. It's it's the first one, man. Side A, song one. No, no, rehab. No. Oh yeah, man. No, no,
0: no, no. I I really wanted you to pick. I almost sent you a text earlier. I'm like, could you please pick (laughs) Back to Black? You got to pick Back to Black, man no man no
1: i'm picking rehab um because although i love this album i love all the songs on this album uh-huh. equally but yeah. if i gotta pick one for the epic playlist it's also in part so that some of the listeners i don't know i'm kind of doing it for the listeners too a bit
0: with another song added to the epic playlist on spotify this brings us to the end of the amy winehouse back to black vinylized session Join us on Facebook for related videos and interesting links. Check out Dead Man Design while you're there. Special thanks to Alex Sykes for putting in all the and we'll talk to you next time when we pick a new album and we tempt you to vinylize.